Let's welcome everybody to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I'm Larry Monkey, as always, and I'm here again and again and again. The long-ass Mississippi hippie, Mr. Justin Rogers! What's up, my man? Man, not a whole lot. Knocked out the run in the rain. It was nice. Just enough drizzle to keep things cool because it's one bazillion degrees down here. Oh, now I'm popping beers and uh, ready to talk some football. We're covering like the whole geographical map of the country right now. I mean, well, there's only three of us tonight, but as far as like East Coast, West Coast, and you're down in the South there. Yes, I am down in the South. But, <laughs> you know, you're going to talk about our guest before you even intro the guy? Goodness. What is wrong with you? All these things we've, we've got to talk about. All the buzzworthy news. Oh, all- I see what you did there. <laughs> and you're just going to leave our guest back there waiting to come in. We're going to talk about where he's from. All We're going right. to talk about his, his kids, his social security number, and uh, favorite passwords, but not <laughs> the actual guest. Come on, Larry. What the hell? All right. Should I bring this guy in? I reckon you probably should, you asshole. Oh, 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 let's do this. Oh, baby, are you ready? Oh, we got the VP of Ops at the Fantasy Alarm. He's an award-winning host for Sirius XM. He's got a show every day in a week almost. The Annie Up Podcast, he writes for the New York Post. At Roto Buzz Guy on Twitter, Mr. Howard Bender. Ah, what's up, my man? <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me, man. It's uh, Larry. I just I feel like we just hung out this, uh, a, a few days ago. Uh, Justin, great to see you, man. Thanks so much for inviting me, man. It's uh, a definite pleasure. We are, uh, yeah, we're becoming fast friends. It seems. Just recently did a, a DLF team series with Calvin and Hobby, and he, we talked Jets, man, which was which was great because it was a nice follow up to our first meeting when it was like right after the season and we started and it was like some jets preview so yeah man it was it's so you guys have done like two podcasts together and well you've spoken for like what eight nine minutes total that's just about and it's not much show. to say about the jets right <laughs> <laughs> good things brewing in new york <laughs> okay that's it what else we got all, all right, right. So good to talk to you, and uh, folks, catch us next week. You have this new uh, YouTube show on that Catching Fire right now. Had some pretty good guests on past few weeks. What's going on with that? Get buzzed, um, getting buzzed. Yeah, Let's it's get called buzzed. Getting Buzzed. Yes. Uh, I'm on there. My uh, my co-host is Ryan Hallam. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Fighting Chance. Uh, and yeah, listen, it's, um, it's, it's like a, like a talk show more than it is like a fantasy sports. Like we, we touch on, on, on a bunch of sports things that are going on in the news and, you know, we'll talk about the Aaron Rodgers drama or the Deshaun Watson situation. We'll hit that early, but you know, one of the things that I've, you know, I've always felt is that you need to, you need to know who your analysts are. Like, you know, we're just, you know, names on Twitter, handles on Twitter and, you know, you, you always like to know who you're who you're putting your faith in, who you're putting your trust in, uh, and what kind of work they do. So, you know, I bring people on. And it's um, you know, it's more about getting to know uh, these analysts in the fantasy space as much as it is about you know talking football. So, you know, yeah, we've had some great guests coming on so far. Tara Roberts from the Dynasty Vipers, uh, Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm, obviously. Um, Faith Enos from uh, from IDP guys, yeah. Um, man, yeah, we've just kind of we've we've run through a bunch. Scott Fish was on the show, so yeah, right. we've uh, we've we've hit the, uh, the 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 ground running with that. It's a lot of fun, just you know, kind of a a, a looser atmosphere than what mm-hmm. I'm used to, you know, doing like Sirius XM or you know something like that. So it just yeah. gives me a chance to have a little fun. Nice man. Well, you came to the right place tonight. I'll tell you that. Wouldn't you say so, Justin? You know, if we're just going to bullshit around and and just ramble on, and this is what you like, then we're your spot. So, <laughs> so check this out. So Faith is actually, uh, she's hosting a best ball tournament that I was a part of last year called the Hot Sauce. It's a hot, it was a hot sauce coming in hot best ball. Uh, it was a live YouTube show, and she was kind of like the MC, and we all had... Uh, our our sauces and uh, stoner was there and um 
Bo McBig Time and Chase Vernon. And anyway, we had it was like, you know, it was 12 of us this live draft, and they'd spin this wheel of death, and you'd have to every few rounds, you'd have to escalate to a higher Scoville unit of sauce. And it was really amazing. And I mean, obviously, it was a terrible following day. It was a fun time during that night. But um, anyway, she's hosting it again. The Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod is is kind of taking control over it this year. We're uh, we're gonna have some folks from last year as well, and um, roll a toilet paper in the freezer on time. Oh, yeah, roll a toilet somebody paper on Reddit paper. was like, "You just stick a popsicle uh, by the bathroom, so you're ready for the next day." You know, that may be it. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, it all works like a charm. Go to like, go to get like the the cottonelle that has like the aloe in it, uh-huh. right? Because oh, yeah. it's a it's a it's a, it's a thicker mm. ply. You stick that, roll that into the freezer. Okay, like well, heaven, baby. It'll there, it's a game changer. The tip of the night, folks. It is a it is a life changing thing. I'm telling you, cottonelle so, right? and angel in the freezer. Right? So right now we still haven't filled out the league, but right now we have Kyle on the couch, FF. At Dogleg Brewer, Chase Vernon, uh, the Fantasy Girl, Rosalie Michaels, Faith, Bo McBig Time, Justin, and Nate Polvo, our buddy at 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 FF Chin Sword. I'm just gonna say that's not his Twitter handle, but that should totally be his Twitter handle by now. What the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got into that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying his Twitter handle; it's too confusing. Just FF Chin Sword is fine, but yeah, man, the Scott Fishbowl, baby. You're in the fish division. Is this correct? That is correct. Absolutely. That's uh, the, the the background that you see here is uh, probably one of the last fish shows I uh, I attended before the pandemic. Really nice, dude. I have seen fish. I'm an old timer like you. No, you know we're not super old, but we're you know we've both seen fish probably in 1991, right? <laughs> that is 100 percent accurate. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so we're fish 1991 old, but uh, yeah, man, saw that I've seen fish a couple of times. But are they, were they your first love, or was did you evolve into fish? Um, I, I evolved into fish. Um, I mean, my musical my musical journey, uh, so to speak, was. Um, my dad was into like all of like the folk music, you know, Joan Baez, Buffy St. Marie, like, you know, the sixties and seventies folk stuff. Um, my mom was, uh, into Barry Manilow, the Carpenters and like John Denver. Um, so that's what, that's what I grew up listening to, which immediately turned me into heavy metal. Um, so Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, the Scorpions, like those were, the bands that I listened to when I was younger. And then I drifted into classic rock, uh, discovered the dead. And uh, I mean, like just went to my first dead show in uh, 87 uh, Nassau Coliseum uh, in oh, New wow. York. Um, first dead show there uh, stayed a deadhead. And then just uh, saw fish for the first time when I was in college in 1989 uh, and then proceeded to see, you know, just kind of follow them around a little bit. You know, go, you know, during breaks, go to, you know, wherever they were around or and they were you know, a lot of times playing in like uh, New York City at the wetlands. So, you know, it was kind of that. And then when Jerry passed away and uh, I had no other uh, no other group to follow around, I, uh, I ended up yeah. on fish tour on a regular basis. Are you from Long Island? Is that where you're? Um, I grew up in New York City, uh, high school out on Long Island, junior high, high school out on Long Island. Um, and then, uh, and then four years of college upstate New York. My wife's from Long Island, actually. Well, there you go. Yeah, maybe, you maybe go. she and I know each other. I'll look her up in the Long Island directory. The, <laughs> the Lisk. Are you familiar with the Lisk? <laughs> no, I'm not actually. <laughs> well, he is, uh, he has, uh, Shit. deleted some names or he sees he's crossed off a few names on that directory. He's the Long Island serial killer. And if you <laughs> Otherwise known as Sal, <laughs> aka Salito. <Yeah>. Salito. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Anyway, man, that's cool, bro. Yeah, I've seen the dead too a couple of times or a few times actually. And then, um, yeah, our paths may have crossed, dude. You uh, you tended bar in in the city. When did you get out of New York, anyway? Jeez, I moved out of New York in uh, in 2007. So if you, uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, in, in New York from 1990, 
97. Um, yeah, 97 through like 2007, that 10 year span uh, among the different uh, Heartland breweries around New York. Oh, so yeah. Union <laughs> Square, Midtown on 51st and 6th, the one in the Seaport for a little sure. while, the one in the Empire State Building. Um, I, I worked them all, basically. Yeah. I'm sure our paths have crossed. I lived in Queens for a few years. Fantasy football, dude. So wait, you're you're this kid in New York City that that got into fish. How do you get into fantasy football? Like, how old were you? Part of your life? Um, you know, it was pretty. It was like high school, I guess, is when when I first got into fantasy baseball. You know, a friend of mine's dad got you know he had a league going, so you know we we jumped in on that. Um, you know, always just a huge diehard baseball fan you know, to begin with, you know, it was like, you know, I like when we were in Manhattan, you know, it was so close to Yankee stadium as a kid. Uh, and you know, and it was, it was different back then, right? Like you and you and three or four of your friends could like hop the subway, uh, on a Friday and, uh, and shoot up to Yankee stadium and, you know, go get like bleacher seats. You know, it was like the, the late seventies, early eighties at that point, you know, your parents were like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. It was totally cool at that, you know, for that. But, um, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, so it was fantasy baseball first. Then that drifted over to fantasy football where, you know, we were like, well, we might as well be doing this. And it was all keeping score by hand. And wow, um, man, you were the, you're one of those guys, huh? These yeah, it was one of those guys. With, you with you no can't pad. start back then and not be one of those guys. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, what are you talking, like late 80s, early 90s? Um, it was, uh, it was late eighties was where it was. Yeah. Like mid to late eighties is probably where it all kind of started. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I mean, I took a break from, from it for a while and and wasn't playing, uh, fantasy sports, you know, when, you know, I was in college and then, you know, out of college and and working in New York city and and stuff. So that kind of, you know, I, I took some time off from that, but, I got involved in a uh, in a rotating poker game every Sunday night. There were like seven or eight of us, and uh, and one day one of the guys was like, "We should totally start a fantasy baseball league," and I was like, "Dude, done, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> no no doubt, right?" Okay. Sitting there, you know, because we're playing cards, right, and the deal's going this way, and the bong's being passed this way, and the trade talks going around the table there, so it was a. Uh, it was it was a, like a natural progression for us, and that's you know like right about then. Then the uh, the internet blew up the fantasy sports industry. Yeah, um, you know, really big. There are all these platforms developing for uh, playing. You know, playing in your leagues, and then uh, I guess it was probably like right around ninety nine or two thousand when I was like reading stuff and thinking, man, I, I could do this. I've I've won leagues. I feel good about my knowledge here. Um, I'm a capable writer, so I'm, I'm college educated. So and you figured me, out the and you figured out the internet already. I figured out the internet already. So uh, I started a blog on Blogspot.com back yeah, in the day, that. and yeah, yeah, yeah. just wrote every single day, and then just started sending my links out to, you know, every time you grab a magazine, you find out who the managing editor is, and just oh, kept, you know, emailing them and sending them my stuff until it all just kind of snowballed. That's that's a slick move, man. Digging into the the guy's name at the bottom of the article or whatever, and then you're just reaching out to him. Nice, man. It's aggressive. It's the only way to get get somewhere, man. Got to hustle. That's a hustle. That's hustling, man. (laughs) It's hustling for back in the day. (laughs) So what what is your fantasy, man? Are you the the Debbie guy, the redraft guy, Dynasty, DFS, Keeper League? Like, what's your, like, what's your go-to? Like, where do you prefer? Football, baseball? I mean, I, I listen. I, I love them both. I, I don't mind. I, I don't. I can't say whether or not I really have a genuine preference because I like the grind of uh, of fantasy baseball, and that just kind of shows, you know, who's who, who's made out of it and who's not, you know. And like you see who quits on leagues and stuff like that. So, um, you know, baseball was always my first love because that I grew up, you know, playing stickball and you know, emulating those, you know, those late 70s Yankees and Chris Chambliss and I had the same birthday. It was like exciting stuff. Thurman Munson was my favorite player of all time. Oscar Gamble. Oscar Gamble with the big fro (laughs) and the weird ass stance. So that was definitely my first love. And then obviously, you know, being a Jets fan and and not seeing any Super Bowls in my lifetime, 
you know, that's, uh, you know, it, it always kind of hurts a little bit, but you know, with the fantasy game, I, I, I love them both. I don't have any kind of a major preference. I do. I will like, I like a good keeper league where in like baseball, you're keeping like, you know, maybe five guys on your roster, six guys mm-hmm. on your roster football. If you're keeping maybe like three or four, uh, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I've, I've moved away from the dynasty leagues a little bit more because I still see so much turnover and in dynasty leagues. And really it's like, what are you doing in a dynasty league that, <sighs> yeah. you know, like, why are yeah. you joining a dynasty league if you're only going to be there for like two or three years? That's important. You know? I feel you on that. Got to get a good league. Got to get a good league, man. It's yeah. Important. And it's tough to have because I mean, listen, obviously everybody's gung ho when it first starts, but then life happens and you know all of a sudden it's like oh i can't make the draft i got my my baby cousin's niece's christening i gotta go to and yeah. stuff like that hey I have, a, I have a question when you're doing so i've played baseball fantasy baseball for the last 25 years and most most of that time two leagues at a time and then this was the first year i did not have any fantasy baseball i mean last year we didn't do it because of the covid and this year I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm all in on football. I I actually have won the, the league the last two years. It was a daily changes, six, but you can only make like 80 moves throughout the whole season. Okay. And um, so the trick is back into the playoffs with all your moves, and then you're just throwing pitchers at everybody and hitters, and you're filling your lineup. And you have, you know, So you're really just outscoring based on volume. I figured that out before everyone else did, I guess. But um, – I find, and then towards the end, the fantasy playoffs roll right into the beginning of the football season. So there's like double duty going on right there too. So I'm, I was, I can remember being exhausted after just like, you know, the stress of being in a championship for baseball. And then, you know, you're dealing with your, your lineups for football, which are kind of secondary right now. Cause you're in this title title matchup uh, in baseball. You've seen, have you felt, you know what I'm talking about? Am I making, am I making any sense right now? No, you, you're definitely making sense. Um, yeah. Listen, September is a huge pain in the ass. August is too, because you know, you're, you're dealing with draft season for football yeah. and you're focusing on that. But you know, all of a sudden you've got the trade deadline for MLB was on, you know, the last day of July. So then you're spending August trying to figure out, okay, which team sold off players. Now I got to start looking at who they're bringing up. Uh, and so August and September, and then September, the rosters expand. So there's like a whole new group of players That's who are right. like yeah. into it. And all that while you're like, damn, I got to set my week one line up here. Right. Comes right after Labor Day. So in, in baseball, there are hot waiver pickups at the end of the season. It's not like football yeah. where it's just kind of like scraps pretty much after the first few weeks baseball there's like some hot guys that aren't even in the system yet that that pop up on waivers so it's like but i mean what am i gonna am i gonna complain that this is my job no woe is me the overlap in september my my live concert background and (laughs) well see and that's the other thing right i got fish playing in, in tahoe and then uh, Colorado over Labor Day weekend. I got to hit those shows. So I mean, yeah, this is I'm, I'm all twisted up, man. It's a it's it's a terrible time for me, guys. Just so nice. terrible. How'd you hook up with the post? Same thing. The guy was tired of hearing from you. It was like, all right, man, come on in for let's you know, let's go. No, they yeah. actually they yeah. approached me. Uh, you know, the post had a, they had a working deal with um, back in the day. It was Roto Experts. And guys like uh, Scott Engel and and Adam Ronis, they were uh, they were the 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 guys there. Well, uh, I guess Roto Experts, uh, you know, they went under, and uh, the post came to us, and they were like, you know, hey, would you be interested in, you know, writing a column? Which was really funny because born and raised New York and been there my whole life, right? And then it took me moving out to San Francisco and being out here for about two or three years. And then all of a sudden now the New York post comes calling. I was like, okay, <laughs> right. took me, took me, you know, 10 years to, to be away from, uh, from everything. Right. 
uh, before the post started calling my name. Let's start talking about some some guys here, man. I hear that you're that you're in on on the Chargers offense. I mean, who's not in on the Chargers offense? But Mike Williams in particular, I think he's a good uh, a good grab right now in in drafts. I mean, we're doing it. I mean, I guess we we should talk about redraft season to a certain extent since that's what what's all everybody's gearing up for and all the charity leagues are popping off right now. So, you know, I mean, the whole thing, and, you know, and I, I deal with this on Fantasy Alarm all the time because I just finished writing a series where I broke down every coaching system, offense and defense for every team, you know, which players fit best, which ones don't. You know, you track the coaching movement because, you know, I think a lot of people who um, cover fantasy sports do it in kind of a, a surface fashion where they're just like, okay, you know, they're, they're living off of hot takes and, you know, oh, this guy should be good. But, you know, it's like I, I, I dive in deep to the point where it's like, okay, Joe Lombardi, quarterback coach for the, the Saints the last 10 years, he's now going over to the Chargers and he's bringing that Saints offensive scheme to L.A. And because the personnel fits really well there, right? Austin Eckler in that Alvin Kamara role, um, Justin Herbert, you know, he, you know, can – can work the short timing routes, the short passes in the West Coast offense. Plus, he's got the great gun to uh, to go deep. Um, you know, it's interesting to see how it's going to unfold because Keenan Allen is definitely the safety net for yeah. Justin Herbert. He's like a better version of Michael Thomas. So right, but the thing is, is that Michael Thomas was the X receiver in that in that offensive scheme. Keenan Allen does the majority of his work out of the slot. You know, Mike Williams is the ex receiver for the Chargers. So I'm not saying that Mike Williams is going to suddenly get Michael Thomas like work. It'll still go. You'll still see a lot to Keenan Allen. But I definitely see an increase in targets for Mike Williams. Uh, and because just based on the way that this scheme, you know, develops. And so you don't even have to move Mike Williams up on your board either. Like that's the best part <laughs> is that. People are super duper cheap. Yeah. Well, people have been so disappointed, right? It was like, oh, yeah. he had, you know, a, a thousand yards, but like four touchdowns. Uh, or he had, you know, 800 yards, but he had 12 touchdowns. You know, so it's like that whole thing there. I think this is where Mike Williams finds his balance. And, uh, and I think he definitely, I think this is like a, this is like a, like a thousand yard season with, I would say, you know, probably in the, uh, in the eight touchdown range, which, I mean, where you're taking him in drafts right now? I mean, where's he going in drafts? Like ninth round, tenth round? You know, people forget about him. So yeah, I definitely I dig that. Mike Williams, baby. I think I'm in on Mike Williams. I found myself finding grabbing him as a throw-in because he's at this point he's he feels like a throw-in. Yeah. He's got a lot going for him. He's got the old contract year going. And when you do these these drafts, these like, you know, the the best ball drafts that have like the overall, like the Scott Fishbowl. Or the Raz Bowl, which just started up this week. You know, I, I like stacking in those tournament leagues. So, you know, for the price that it costs you, you know, Keenan Allen in the third round, Justin Herbert in the sixth round, Mike Williams in the in the ninth round. Like yeah. all of a sudden, that's a that's a great little stack. And if you miss on any of the, you know, on one of the receivers, then you grab Jared Cook, who spent the last two seasons with the saints working with Joe Lombardi working yeah. in this system. And over two years, he averaged like 700 yards and, and you know, like seven touchdowns, something like that. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad for a tight end. That doesn't cost you anything. Right. It's dirt ass cheap. We talked about Michael Thomas just now. Yeah. My goodness. We just found out he's going to miss it. Like the first Four, five, six games of the year. I mean, I was kind of out on Michael Thomas anyway. Just it's too knee-jerk reaction to be to just bail on Michael Thomas, in my opinion. But there is, I mean, when you lose half of a season of you know regular season uh, fantasy production at age twenty-eight, I mean that's that's something to consider. There's no doubt about that. Would so. you give up a twenty twenty-two first-round pick for Michael Thomas? No. Can I do it in in October? Probably. Yeah. About the time he's going to be ready to play. Yeah. And I know he's going to be on the field. I don't want to do it now. And then, and then him end up missing eight, nine, 10 games. Well, you know, they said, they said week eight, worst case scenario, worst case. But again, we don't know. Yeah. Is it, is it really, is that really worst that, case scenario right. or is, like, or is having a setback and during rehab uh, <laughs> exactly. and you're missing the whole season? That's right. worst case scenario. Yeah. 
I, I don't want to do it now because I think I can do it later in the season. Right. When he's or I miss working. out on that one league and I go to another league and buy him. And so. if the Saints end up being a dumpster fire, then – Right. Yeah, if Taysom Hill is starting and they're throwing for 140 yards a game, I don't want to <laughs> buy him anyway. Shit. I don't know, but I still want Darnold instead of Michael Thomas. Yeah, that was a, t- a topic that came up in the chat today. So I'm okay with that. I'll take – I'll draft – Sam Darnold before I'll draft Michael Thomas. Yes, in a super flex. It's not yeah, even a super flex. I got to be honest with you. Like, I get, I you know, Michael Thomas, is, you know, was, was a phenomenal receiver. Yeah. Yes. With a great quarterback. He's going to miss time this year. Absolutely. So we don't know exactly how much time he's going to miss. Is it is it worth making that pick? Knowing that you're eating a bench spot for however long it is, um, you know, for Michael Thomas to to be Michael Thomas, I mean, he needs to come back. He needs to see all the targets again. He needs to be able to cut and run with no problem. He needs to be fully up to speed on whatever scheme that they're, you know, they're actually doing. There are a lot of things that need to happen. He needs to avoid all setbacks, right? So there's so many things that need to happen for Michael Thomas to return to Michael Thomas level that I would rather let that be somebody else's headache. Let them sit there. You know what? Yeah. Listen, if Thomas gets back to being normal, Michael Thomas, and you got him in the eighth round of your draft, um, Mazel Tov. Well done. You know, beautiful. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that I need to have endure that kind of headache and roster manipulation uh, I think I can win a league without dealing with that aggravation. So, you know, for me, I'll just – I'll bypass it completely. Yeah, and see, for me, I, look, I don't think he's ever the 130, 140-catch, 14, 1,800, 1,700 yards, whatever. I don't think he's that. But I think he's the 80, 90-catch, 1,100-yard guy with six, seven touchdowns. I'll take that over the quarterback that I'm not sure ever starts again after this year. Uh, and there's real question marks. And I don't care what anybody says. There's question marks about Sam Darnold. Sure. Okay. Is we, Everyone wants to say Tannehill. Everyone wants to reference Tannehill like he's going to be the next Tannehill. But how many quarterbacks have left a system and all of a sudden become great? And we also saw flashes of Tannehill being good. We haven't seen flashes of Darnold being good yet. But but even under even under Adam Gase, Tannehill had some some really nice moments. And I'm not sure that we saw that from Darnold. So. Well, he also had a, a, a support. A- more of a supporting cast also. The wait, wait, wait. He had Jarvis Landry and who? That's it. Guy. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> See, exactly, stop it. That was embarrassing to say, wasn't it? That kind of hurt. Oh, that's the only guy I could think of. <laughs> that's because there wasn't anybody else. I mean, I think Ted Ginn was on that team. I can't remember. I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter. Because literally there was Jarvis Landry and nobody else. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I want to see it before I believe it. So I'll take Michael Thomas because I know – that in 2023, I'm still going to have some value there where I don't know that Sam Darnold is even in the league in 2023. And that, that sounds, it sounds a little pessimistic, but I mean, there's real questions there. So I drafted Sam Darnold in an auction this year in a 16 team super flex as my third quarterback. Like, sure. Why not take a shot for dirt ass cheap, but I'm not paying any cream, any sort of premium for him. No, but you don't have to pay it. That's, that's the thing. You don't have to pay a premium for him. You can grab Sam Darnold in the 13th round, 14th round uh, of, of your draft. And yeah, but you're talking about well, – but the discussion is Michael Thomas or Sam Darnold. Then. Well, how far – How far? right. I won't I won't draft Michael Thomas in the 8th or ninth round, and that's where people are going to take him. Or, you know, that's, that's where I think people start to look. I think they start to look at him in the 6th and 7th round and say, we, hmm, how are long we talking do redraft I – Are we talking redraft or dynasty? Redraft, yeah. Oh, yeah, redraft yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I'm not touching – I'm not touching Michael Thomas in redraft. If someone wants to sit him on the back of the bench in redraft for four or six weeks, that's on them because they just got a wide receiver two sitting on their bench. Right. All right. So you're in a keep. What what if you're all right. So you're in a regular keeper league and somebody decides I'm not going to protect Michael Thomas because of his situation right now. And you're now drafting, you get to keep four guys on your roster, um, which, you know, and you still have like a a 16 round draft that you got to do. Yeah. Um, you know, where, you, where do you look for Michael Thomas there? I don't want either of them in a redraft. I just, because, no, I'm saying in a keeper league. Even in a keeper, I mean, unless there's some sort of like I'm going to keep him in the 15th round because 
I mean, if it's if it's like okay, you lose your first four picks, or you know, like I, I played in a couple of keeper leagues, and one of them was one of them was auction, and it was previous year, and if you kept them a second time, it was five dollar boost, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The other one was your first. If you kept one player, it was your first round pick. You kept another player, it was your second round pick, third and fourth. And you had an option to keep four. You didn't have to keep anybody. You could keep any number of players, but every one of them counted as your first, second, third, or fourth round, fourth round pick. And I was fine with that because then it kind of gave some strategy. And boy, I would break out a, a uh, um, spreadsheet with ADP and start to like map it out. And I would always be the very last person putting in mine hmm. because I wanted to know if I didn't keep this person, what are the odds I get someone better than that? You know, so. I don't know that Michael Thomas even makes a redraft team of mine. Well, and even as a keeper, the question is Michael Thomas or Sam Darnold in a re, in a dynasty league, right? But a, either I or, mean, either or, this is the deal. I mean, well, Michael it's got to be a dynasty league because in a redraft, okay, well, we can talk about this. If I'm rostering either of them, even in a redraft, I want Michael Thomas because I oh, don't think I'm way. ever starting. I don't think I'm ever starting Sam Darnold. I can pick a Sam Darnold up off the waiver wire at any point in a, in a but, one. But the, the weapons that he has now and the stability at the coaching position and the culture in general the, and the weapons around him supporting cast, the ceiling for him right now, I don't think there is a ceiling. I mean, I, I, I threw out there – 150 points by the time Thomas returns. Okay, so week what eight, uh, I, I joked eight, I was like week ten. Well well just say week eight. Okay, so you're talking about nineteen points a game. QB twelve. That's Jared Goff last year numbers. After eight games in the in the eight season. weeks, eight weeks, listen, Larry, eight weeks at 150 points is eighteen point seven five points a game. Dude, how many times is he gonna dump off the CMC? Boom. Instant forty yards right there. Listen, I think I, I think the culture there in, in Carolina is is very nice, and I I like the way things are set up for Sam Darnold. I'm very bullish on the uh, on the Carolina offense in general, about, yeah. And 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 I'm just and I'm into that, and I do think that Sam Darnold is being set up to succeed right now, as opposed to what was going on with the Jets, and you know like. Just like you say, you need to see it from Sam Darnold before you invest, and I totally get that. Um, I, you know, I'm gonna be on Larry's side here and, and advance through that, and and hope that that is the case. If my breakdown and my analysis of Joe Brady's and you know offensive scheme is right, then you know it is kind of tailored for for Sam Darnold to have that eventual breakout year. But I can't sit here and look at these last two seasons with the Jets, you know, he has mono in his rookie year and he misses a bunch of time there and, and he's got to come back and, um, and then, you know, just dealing with Gase uh, and the play calling and the lack of a scheme and the all the other nonsense. Changes. He started, he started his career with that, with Todd Bowles. If you were to look at, and I always still talking 16 game seasons, just because I, we haven't seen 17. We don't have a point of reference for that. If you were to look at it from a 16-game perspective, and he threw for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, would that be what you expect? First couple of seasons? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with that. I feel like, you know, I would like to see the touchdown count a little higher than 25. The Jets haven't had a 4,000-yard passer since, like, 1960-something. Yeah, but – Okay, so – We're talking about him with Carolina now, not with with Jets. Exactly. Yeah, 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 but – yeah. We're talking about him with Carolina, but okay, let me ask you. Okay. Is that basically his ceiling? 4,025 and 12? No, I don't think that's the ceiling. Really? No way. Really? You think he's throwing for more than 25 touchdowns? I think he can, yes. With protection and and re- legit receivers and a and a all-pro running back? But see, here's the thing. We've quarterbacks lift their supporting cast. Supporting casts don't lift quarterbacks. I keep saying that because I keep because uh, I believe it. You don't see Oh, let's bring in a bunch of receivers and make an average quarterback good. You well, see, that's, bring in a great quarterback and make average players good. Good players don't make a good fantasy quarterback. A good fantasy quarterback makes good players. All right, because man. you don't see you don't see a good quarter like a, an average quarterback putting up great fantasy numbers. You just don't. It doesn't happen. Outside of a running quarterback, I mean, listen, four thousand yards and just you know, if you, I mean. 25 That's, touchdowns that that puts him right there in the uh in in like you know 
That would put him at 19 points a game is where I came at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at stats right there. That yeah. puts him where Matthew Stafford is right now. Yeah. You know, or in Matthew Stafford's year last year. Over, just over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns. I think if, if that's Darnold's line this year, I think that's a successful season. I think it's a successful I think it's a, year. I think it's that slam dunk success. If he, do, if he yeah. throws for 4,000. Carolina will be 25. doing cartwheels. Yeah. Yeah. I think but I, with, like with, I just with, I feel like what I just threw out was his ceiling because I don't think he's a 30 35 touchdown guy well, yet. We don't know that. We haven't seen that. I'm just telling you we don't know anything about him but but no, clearly would you have said I mean is Kirk Cousins a 35 touchdown guy? Kirk Cousins played better than him from the jump. Well, I'm just Kirk saying Cousins, though, would, would you would you look at Kirk Cousins and be like here's a this is a 30 touchdown guy? Would you would you have looked at Tannehill and said here's a 30 touchdown guy? Well, Tannehill threw for 26 27 as the, with the Dolphins one time. And Kirk Cousins has been in the twenty-seven to thirty-something range. Right, his I, I, I get what you're saying there, but you're you're dismissing Darnold based on what happened for these two years with the Jets, and what you're saying our, that well, his I'm, ceiling. I got a three year, yeah, I got a three-year sample size though. It was well, I mean, not really though. I mean, if cumulatively, how many? What's the sample size? Minus all the BS, all the games he's missed, and he had a busted foot his first year. Right? Was his thumb or his toe or something? He had he had the the. You're, deal, you're okay, dealing so with, a you, of, with a bunch of shit under, with him. You're definitely dealing with a bunch of shit with yeah. him. But, you even know, to under, cap him at 4,025. Even what? under – but see, he, here's the thing. Even under Gase, here's here's the line that Tan, that Tannehill put up in 2014. 4,045, 27 touchdowns, 12, 12 interceptions, and he completed 66% of his passes. Right. I mean, in the next year he goes 42, 24, and 12. Like you, you saw something out of Tannehill before he left under before he left Gase. We didn't, we haven't seen anything from I, I mean, from Darnold. You've seen flashes. Everyone wants Darnold. Really? I mean, he's had a couple of moments, but I mean, he's not. There's nothing. But he hasn't had, had even he's a never half had a any consistency behind him. No, but he. But all. here's the thing. Let everybody. My point is, and let me let me just we'll wrap it up with everybody <laughs> saying a little bit. But my point is that Darnold was not was not even Ryan Tannehill in Miami. Darnold was worse was half of Ryan Tannehill when he was with the New York Jets. Yeah. And so well, when you're talking and, about and the Jets, talking about expecting the Jets overall him, were significantly worse than the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm just fire. not sure that that's true. This is the Dolphins that won Ooh. what two games no. you know I mean like this is this is the Dolphins that had the number 1 pick or, or a top 5 pick for several years. I mean this is just it's not a it wasn't a good team. So I don't know, yeah, whatever. but but what I what I want to reiterate is that we saw something from Tannehill before he went to the wow. Titans. We haven't seen anything from Darnold to suggest that he's going to take this significant leap well, and become a, a significant fantasy quarterback. I'll be happy if he gives. This, so I'll, I'll I'll be happy if uh, Carolina beats the Jets. If Sam oh, has a he lights up the Jets. Oh yeah, that's like, going to happen. He's going to light the five Jets. and three right there on yeah. week one. Right. I know. Everyone's going to. There's gonna be a nice dent in that fucking uh, that ceiling you got for him. There's gonna be there are gonna be some uh, Sam Darnold victory laps come week one for sure. Oh, that that's my that's my DFS quarterback week one, no doubt. <laughs> I would, I, you know what? I'm on that train. I'm on yeah, it because it's the Jets. I'm but then it's gonna down. come crashing. Don't start in week two. I don't even care who he's playing, but don't start in week two. Oh no, he's actually has a great uh, first eight games. That's the other part. We I know. So we, I mean, we've we've talked enough about your lost love, Howard. And now I think it's time to talk to talk about the new the new sheriff in town, Zach Wilson. Now you <laughs> kind of on the fence about this guy. I'm gonna need to hold on. I'm gonna pop a beer up for this one. <laughs> All right, here we go. What's what's it gonna take for you to, you know, for this guy to get back into your good graces? Yeah. Will okay. you tell you will you tell Jamarcus Russell 2.0 to get on to get oh, his ass? Come on. Oh, Trey Lance oh. isn't even tired. That's just that's hurtful. That's yeah, hurtful, I know, but man. I, I put it on that just for like How about he's here not, in he's the not Bay area. My wife and I owned a live music venue here. We owned a club in uh in San Francisco and uh Jamarcus used to show up uh, oh, on man. a regular basis with his on with Saturday his, nights with his bloodshot <laughs> eyes on a Saturday night, right? All glassy eyed and everything. And you were like, Oh, all right, I'm betting against the Raiders. This I'll take, week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll take, they can always, if they get an early pick next year, they can trade for Deshaun Watson. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> 
Now you're gonna get Roto guy all uh, hot and bothered again. Shit's cold, right? For a hot sauce barbecue uh, podcast, man, that was some cold shit, right there. <laughs> yes, Howard. Yeah, man. When we got together that first uh, go round on the Dynasty Viper show, the team series before that was right after the the Super Bowl, I guess, or was maybe in March, perhaps, right before free agency really kicked off. We didn't really know before much everyone uh, knew that. The little creeper. Well, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's that was a, probably a, a significant part of the conversation was that no one knew that he was going to have 22 women filing. Yeah, no, we didn't know about the, at that point. Everyone wanted Deshaun Watson, so yeah. I yes, but um, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, are are you glad that we didn't get didn't trade for him before all this nonsense? Well, I mean, you know, obviously you you don't want that. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many different layers to this whole thing with Deshaun Watson. I'm letting it all play out before I really, you know, jump into it because, yeah. right, right. you know, I, you know, listen, the Texans organization is uh, is is garbage. Jets is, like is garbage. No, it's not even. No, no it's, it's not. even worse than the Jets. Because yeah, it's so much worse than best. the Jets. Oh, now I mean, it is, like. Now. Like DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in a second, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that was the one. You know? Right, like and then some, and then turning some... around and saying that you made that deal because DeAndre Hopkins is a clubhouse cancer. Right, right. Get like we haven't we you know we didn't hear a thing about Deshaun Watson until he got pissed off that Jack Easterby was in charge of picking the uh, the GM and right. that Easterby was the one. Who was supposed to talk to Watson? Was supposed to talk mm, to you know, other people yeah. and didn't do it. And he brought in Casario, who was one of his boys when they were together. At you know, he was like the chaplain in New England or whatever it was. And then, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Watson demands a trade, and then that's when all of a sudden everything started. Right. Watson yeah. says he doesn't want to play for the Texans anymore. And then all of a sudden, twenty-two women suddenly miraculously came forward. I mean, yeah. Listen, if he's if he's guilty, he's a total scumbag, and he needs to be right. out of it. Yeah. And that's just it, right? But I'm not going to say that some of this shit that yeah. the Texans organization does isn't a little suspicious. Like, what if this whole thing, McNair, who is then I'm going to celebrate because I bought a bunch of Deshaun. Yeah, he was, he's a Deshaun. The, he's got Deshaun everywhere for the cheap. I'm just saying, yes, it's a conspiracy theory, yeah. but there hasn't been anything to to disprove that right now. And if that, you know, like this is something that's so serious that, you know, fucking Goodell should be all over this shit, right? And like, you know, take yeah, that stance. Goodell you were crawling up, you were crawling up the asses of Washington and Dan Snyder and everybody there for sexually harassing women in the workplace. Yep. If you've got a serial predator out there right now, why all of a sudden are you putting off a deposition uh, till after the the football season finishes? Like, where? Like, what is the deal there? Why is that the case? Yeah, there's something weird about it. That's for sure. Speaking of a disgruntled organization, uh, the, the Green Bay Packers. This segue. Got, that was some professional segue shit, Larry. Oh, first time. Aaron Rodgers rolls in today like nothing's uh, everybody everything's cool. You think he's gonna just pick up where he left off? You where you, you taking him where you normally take him in a in a redraft league, Howard? Um, I, you know, I mean, when a guy has that kind of a of a, of a year like Aaron Rodgers put together last year, um, no, I am, uh, you know, I'm gonna let him. I, you know, I'll, I'll probably, I mean, if he falls to like. You know the 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 teens, then maybe I will, oh, but I'm true. not going to bite on it early. I never, when a guy has a, a year like that, it's even like like Josh Allen, right? Josh, I love Josh Allen, mm -hmm. but that dude put a career year up last year. I need to see if there's going to be regression or if there's actually, you know, or you know, is he is he on the upward trajectory? Is he going to plateau there? Is there going to be some pullback? I, you know, I'm fine with uh, with kind of waiting and seeing because I don't like paying, you know, it's like paying retail. I don't want to pay retail prices for a guy based off of what yep. he did last year. I want to see something a little bit more, you know, I, I can get by at more reasonably priced guys. Speaking of reasonably priced guys, I don't know. Somebody's stock's going up lately after Rojo 
uh, seem to be able to hit the hole without hesitation, and everybody's going nuts about it. What you, what, what's up? Have we seen the last of the hashtag Never Rojo? Um, you know what? When when Tom Brady weighs in on what he thinks of Ronald Jones, <laughs> then I'll know whether or not you invest or you don't. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, you know, what Tommy wants, Tommy gets. And Tommy was obviously not happy with what they had there. Um, tell you, Gio Bernard is the sleeper in that stupid offense right now. Right? Playing that, uh, that James White role. Bless you. <laughs> I muted that, right? You did. Good job. Oh, okay. Good <laughs> I was panicking. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's, you know, you, you look at that. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm i sorry. It's just it's not – Brady is the one who asked for Gio Bernard. So, mm-hmm. I know Gio Bernard is a good pass blocker. I know he can catch passes. If Tommy wants to use him on third down, he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, let Rojo and Leonard Fournette kind of split up that early down work. You know, that's uh, – it's not a backfield I'm investing in. Mm. How do you feel about that, Justin? I've always liked Rojo, so I can't really say much. I mean, <laughs> I think he's just a better running back right now than Leonard Fournette is. Yeah. For his cost, sure, I'm in. You know, because you're getting him in the 10th, 11th round, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in, whatever. So, I, I just think he's a better running back. Don't expect him in a PPR league to be a top 7, 8, 10 guy. It, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, when he had the rock and they were giving it to him and feeding him when, when Leonard Fournette was hurt, that dude was killing it. Yeah. I mean, breaking off big runs, consistently gaining yardage. I mean, I'm all about Rojo. So Yeah, it was just the drop passes that Tom was like, nope, sorry, can't deal with that. All right. But then right. Leonard Fournette wasn't that much better in the passing game. He definitely was not, yeah. which is why they went out and got Gio Bernard, which is, you know. Put you at that 12th, 13th round sleeper pick. I don't even know if you got to get uh, – he might be the you, their 16th round last pick of the draft. Could be, like, could be. Both of my home leagues, both of my home leagues, I don't require – we do a live draft, so it's not – you know, there's no system saying you have to pick a kicker now or you have to pick a defense. I don't require any positions. You know, you can – so I never draft a kicker or a defense in my home leagues. And I always have a couple of extra position players through training camp, which, you know, we, we draft in week three of – Gosh, it's weird now. Is there only three weeks now? I don't know. Uh, but we always draft the week before Labor Day, so we have two weeks until the season starts. So I'd rather carry an extra position player, and it might be that Geo or somebody like that is on there in case something happens. You know, sure. you get into a situation where one of these running backs gets hurt, and now he's not just a pass catcher. Now he's getting six, eight, ten carries and, you know, maybe five five targets a game. Then it's something that we're, ta- we're talking about. Hey, so Fantasy Alarm, you've been there a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started with Alarm in 2010, actually. Tell us what that's about. Like, what is, no, what is the fantasy alarm? I'm not allowed to tell you. I'm not, I'm not, I can tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> we don't house we don't house leagues at all. It's a, it's strictly it's a it's a content site, nice. data driven tools, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, our subscribers get you know all the the content, the analysis, the DFS work. Um, everything like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a great team, uh, solid group. Our discord channel is, uh, is locked in so people can reach, you know, analysts with questions and chat and stuff like that, you know, throughout, you know, the day and and into most of the nights and stuff. And we're, we're writers, we're content providers, but you know, I mean, we do a lot of other stuff, you know, that's behind the scenes. We do a lot of, uh, work for other, other companies, other websites, they contract us out for, you know, maybe it's our tech or maybe it's our, you know, our content team uh, writing at some other places and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you guys got like all kinds of stuff on here, man. The betting, the DFS. Well, yeah, we split up. We, we basically we took Fantasy Alarm and then we kind of uh, we, we divided it, you know, because we, were, we just had so much going on there that we divided up to Fantasy Alarm, wa- uh, DFS Alarm and then Wager Alarm. Nice. And that way. You know, for, yeah, for whatever so. need you have, there's like easy links to go back and forth between the sites, you know, because we were, you know, you, you get these like f- fantastically written article uh, for seasonal, but it comes out on, thir- you know, on like Thursday morning. And by Thursday afternoon, it's completely buried because all the DFS stuff came out, <laughs> you know, on top of it. So, you know, in order to kind of house everything properly and give, 
make it easier for subscribers to find all the content. Uh, we just kind of divide, we branched out into the three sites and, uh, and have it set that way. Hey, look, before we, before we get out of here, Larry, I got some trades, including a listener league trade that happened while we were on the air here. Oh, so all right, man. We're in a, in the dynasty trades HQ listener league, the OG listen HQ one, uh, Howard. And so that's how Larry and I met. We had a, uh, a run DFF tank tracker last year because I was trying to suck and it didn't start so good. I started out two and oh, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why am I winning games? And it was because yeah. of uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. But uh, all right. So, Larry, I traded uh, this is 16 team super flex, a slight tight end premium. 1. Oh, and this 5. is a big one, man. This yeah, is a big yeah. I was, I, fi- I was finally able to move my beloved Trevor Lawrence share there. So, Trevor Lawrence and OJ Howard. For Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, and a 2022 first. Presumably an early one. Or yeah, early. it's looking it's it's looking like it's probably going to be a top ten middle-ish. Yeah. Six to six to nine, something like that. It's a no-brainer loop move for me. I mean, who are your quarterbacks? Patrick Mahomes and Tyler and Kyler Murray. So I what the hell so what the hell do you need Trevor Lawrence for? Right. That you know, my thought was, and Howard, I have five firsts next year now. And I'm trying to compete this year. I, I, I want to make moves to compete. So Christian McCaffrey is on that team. Now I have Devontae Adams. Brandon Cooks is a nice, you know, second or third receiver. I've got Kareem Hunt and Miles Sanders. So it was one of those one of those where I needed to uh, get more pieces to start. It's a start 11 in a 16 yeah, team. Yeah. He almost shed, has shed enough the dead weight. He shed the dead weight in O.J. Howard, too. Right. Yeah, I don't care about <laughs> I like that side, too. I felt like you could have even potentially squeezed – you know, something else out of him because it is Trevor Lawrence, you know, and Devontae Adams. This was, this was when, when uh, there was a little bit of uncertainty around. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. This was just uh, four days ago. Yeah. So there was the whole Devontae Adams tweeting about or the stuff about him, not the, their contract extensions, not going yeah. forward. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not going to report. He's going to retire, yada, yada, yada. So there was yeah. something with that. But so you got, you got three players for one, basically. I mean, OJ Howard's is just the right. I don't care about the definition Howard. of a throw in, yeah. but so three, three players for one, and you need that depth. You need those players in a, in a start 11, yeah. 16 teamer. You need legit starters, and you almost have right, a so, legit starting squad. All right. So my next, I made another trade. It was a, this is a, a 12 team. Well, it's a four copy league but it's essentially 12 teams 48 teams for this the dynasty diagnostic champions league that is correct oh yeah baby we are in the rookie draft right now yeah and the slowest rookie draft of all time yeah holy shit pick number 106 yeah 310 is the 310 is the 106th pick because there's four guys we're only we're only like two and a half weeks into this bitch so it's killing me and i don't have any picks after the second round so now i'm just like i don't care uh, but I traded uh, Noah Fant, Royce Freeman, and a third-round pick. It's the 1.75 premium right. for Amari Cooper. So Noah Fant for Amari Cooper. Basically. Yeah. I can give a crap about the other pieces. Yep. As long as Cooper's foot is healthy, I mean, you know, again, I hate the quarterback situation in Denver as is. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I That's what terrifies me. I feel like if I want to go buy him from another copy – I'll get him for cheaper in season. Yeah, everyone's because been shitting on another... lately. Yeah. Also, yeah, right. He's a he's a he's one of those acquirable tight ends yeah. for me. Maybe I, oh, maybe I should try to snatch him up, man. I love those tight ends in a one point seven five. Yeah, and I'm also deep at, at tight end. I got Darren Waller, Gasecki, yeah, yeah. you know, a bunch of other pieces. It's a start three wide receiver league, I believe. Nice. How many leagues you in, Howard? This I don't is, count. This is where, I don't count until the, the until week one starts. Okay. Well. Okay, Howard. I I clarify this with how many lineup setting leagues are you in? Yeah. Because best ball doesn't count. Because best week ball does not count. No. Last year, last year I was in twenty two lineup leagues. Yeah. Lineup setting leagues, twenty two, yeah. and I probably had about thirty to forty best balls. Yeah. Um, right. That I did. Uh, you know, I always say that I want to pare down a little bit. You know, but I mean, I'll. I'll probably end up somewhere in like the the fifteen league range yeah. again, not counting the best ball. Are you a um, 
Oh, what was I going to say? League setting leagues. Oh yeah. So do you have what? Do you, what goes on? What's your Sunday football morning like? Because you're on the West Coast, so it starts a little earlier for you. Yeah, 10 a.m. Uh, game you time. You got any like work stuff that you got to deal with, or like, yeah, is anything I, uh, in the way of your setting lineups? No, I'm up at uh, I'm up at 4 a.m. and I am uh, I'm putting together you know lineups, you know example lineups on the site. I'm checking all the news. I'm making any final notes for like the playbook or the dartboard or you know, anything like that. Um, then I'm looking at my teams. I'm trying to set through their lineup there. Then at 8 a.m., uh, there's always a live stream that I'm on that I do for about an hour. So 8 a.m. my time till That's 11 Eastern, folks. Yeah. So 11 Eastern and then, you know, till, till noon Eastern. And then that gives me an hour uh, for any last oh. minute shit that I got to do. So you got the, the whole, you got the whole last hour, the, the important hour. No, but you, you got, got there's a lot of distractions in that last hour too. I mean, do you get to run to the, do you run to the bathroom and do the lineup? Like, where, where, <laughs> do you need yeah, you know, you no, I just, I, I strap on a diaper at four in the morning and I just, right. you know, you piss and shit all over myself while I'm, <laughs> you know, sitting there doing it. I mean, yeah, that last hour, like having that. that last hour is just to, to kind of, just decompress and, and make sure that my lineups are set. But the problem is, is that I'm always, you know, doing stuff for work up until noon. Yeah. So like when shit happens and somebody like makes a last minute pickup or something like that, like those right. guys, I, I end up missing out on those guys who suddenly become available and uh, you know, like on the Sunday morning, like before anything else happens. Yep. Nice. Yeah. All right, Larry, one more trade listener league. Oh. It happened while we were on the air. Dynasty Hot Sauce Listener League. Right. This is let's, uh, let's crush let's crush one side or the other. Let's do it. Oh. All right. So we have Ruben trading Josh Jacobs to Jake for Chris Carson and a what what Jake assumes is a late 2022 second. Okay. Josh Jacobs or Chris Carson in a second, random second, in my opinion. Uh in yeah. 2022. I'm not a Carson guy. Josh Jacobs, all the way. I mean, I prefer Jacobs over Carson, just as a as a as a player. I don't like the situation with them bringing in Kenyon Drake. And to be perfectly honest, I wish I liked anything in this world as much as Pete Carroll <laughs> likes Chris Carson. So, <laughs> you know, here's what I told. And this happened, and I was you know distracted a little bit. But Jake was asking, how do people feel about? Josh Jacobs. And I said, I feel the same way about him this year that I did last year. They had 457 carries last year out of the backfield. Like, okay, so what? what's Kenyon Drake going to snack? snatch? 150 of those? There's plenty of volume to go around. Sure. He was RB8 last year, Josh Jacobs was, in a season where he's not catching a bunch of balls. Eh, whatever. He's going to be somewhere in that low-end RB1 range. Why am I scared of him? Like, why is anybody scared of him? If you look at the volume the team has – he doesn't need to get 80% of the volume to be the same duty he's been. Um, and you gain a couple years. You don't have Chris Carson's old ass out there. Dude, Chris Carson's going to be 27. Yeah. Yeah, a sixth like rounder 27. Three, right? like, yeah. He fumbles like a, like a, like a 40-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Josh Jacobs all the way. No brainer. Yeah, I think – Given up, you know how we feel about late, about seconds, especially if we assume right. they're going to be late. So, man, yeah, whatever. All right. Well done, right, Jake, man. and you're a dumbass, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. What were you thinking, bitch? Now, now trade me Zach Wilson, Ruben. In the other league, we're together. You let Ruben get Zach Wilson? Yes. Oh, you yeah, ain't oh, getting right, him man. for anything more than like – it's going to cost it. you like three firsts to get Zach Wilson. The Wilson now. jersey, I've already been skimming my Chinese website that has the – that I can get a jersey for $23. Where and, can you get the uh, discount fat Zach head? Wilson's. Yeah, I think we've done well. I'm just about done with this beer, so. All right, man. Yeah. Let's do this, baby. All right. So we have at RotoBuzzGuy on Twitter, Howard Bender, Fantasy Alarm, Serious Fantasy – XM radio, New York Post writer. Dang it! Well, all these well, really big titles that that Larry's not used to used to dealing with. It's, it's, like a, it's like a fucking tongue twister at this point, right? But you well, know what? Like, and, and and my home smells of rich mahogany, and I have many leather-bound <laughs> books too. I mean. You're rattling all. I mean, I could, I could just keep going on and on. Like you, you got the um, the YouTube special on Fridays to get get buzzed, right? 
yep. YouTube. Yep. I subscribe yep. to that. What else? You got something? The Annie Up podcast. Uh, yeah. Also. Yep. With uh, Adam Ronis. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Nice, baby. All right. Let's do this. Are you ready? Let's rock this party up, bitches. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. One, two, three, four. Barry Monkey and Justin Rogers. Talking Dynasty Football, baby.